0: what's up everyone happy new year welcome to the truth podcast i'm your host anthony and what an awesome 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 way to begin the new year no other way than to listen to the word of christ today i'm going to switch it up a little bit to begin the new year i know a lot of people are starting we went over new year's goals the benefits of it how to go about it under grace and a lot of people are diving into the scriptures and some have started devotionals which which is amazing some have started new spiritual disciplines that's amazing as well some have devoted specific times be it in the morning in the afternoon on lunch that's all amazing so i'm super excited i'm really proud of you guys and in order to help you guys a little more today i wanted to begin to teach just practicalities on how to study the bible where to begin how to interpret things where do i start anthony because i think this is a big question and if you ask someone in the word of faith they will give you one answer if you ask someone in the baptist denominations they will give you one answer If you ask someone who is charismatic, he will give you another answer. If you ask someone who is in the Methodist denomination, he'll give you another answer. But my goal and my endeavor today is to give you the unbiased. I'm going to just precursor this. I'm not speaking by commandment. I'm speaking by counsel and guidance. So just take it as guidance. Take it as counsel and uh, so like I said, if you ask many different people depending on their on their perspective, you know where they grew up, how they were raised, maybe they went to cemetery, I mean seminary schools, we don't know, but I'm going to because you are my people, you are my my family, I'm going to give you a counsel and guidance on how to study the Bible. Does that sound good? So number one, you want to take some notes? you can take some notes actually you know what pause before that how could i forget let's eat our appetizers is that cool so i'm, I'm literally staring at the at proverbs right now in front of me and i'm like wait i'm missing something <laughs> so let's let's eat our appetizer let's eat our caviar let's eat our deviled eggs and let's get into some proverbial wisdom um Let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And I want to kind of give you an overview. Proverbs chapter 1 through chapter 10 is, in essence, an introduction to wisdom. Proverbs 10 through 22, they are Proverbs of Solomon. And actually, Proverbs 10 through 30 or 29, I would say, those are all Proverbs of Solomon. If you want... Uh, the Proverbs, if you want, the the Bible says the riddles, the dark sayings of the wise. The Bible says that that King Solomon spoke about the trees of Lebanon. He spoke about the cedars of Lebanon. He spoke about animals and creeping things. And he spoke about the hyssop that, th- that grew from the wall. So, and that's how Jesus spoke about. I love this. And I'm going to give you this nugget right off the bat. A lot of people, which I used to think... You know, Jesus spoke in parables and he spoke about farmers, he spoke about crops, he spoke about seeds, because that, that was something that they of their time could interpret. But I would submit to you that he didn't do it so they could interpret. I love this, and this is found in Proverbs. Write this down. This is a, a very foundational scripture for, for your entirety of your life. The Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal something. To conceal it. Why? From you? No, before you. And the Bible goes on to tell us, same scripture. But it is the glory of a king. My friend, remember you have been made a king and a priest by the blood of Jesus. It is the glory of God to conceal something. To hide it. But it is the glory of you. A king. To seek it out. To search it out. Because I when Jesus was washing, washing the disciples' feet, it's very, like, in the natural, it's very simple. I'm, I'm washing your feet. If I'm washing Dre's feet right now, she would understand what I am doing, right, Dre. If I'm literally just washing your feet, you would be like, naturally, he's washing my feet. That's natural. But, Jesus said what I am doing you do not yet understand <laughs> so obviously he's not talking about natural stuff he's talking about the spiritual meaning to it the Word of God is such that it, it, it's it's so rich and it's so deaf that it that it's it, and that's why I absolutely and I I rarely ever use this word but I absolutely hate that religious Dogma To interpret everything as literal That's not how Jesus taught That's not how the word of God teaches That's not how the Hebrew language was, Which was created by God taught That's not how King Solomon taught King Solomon taught about the cedars of Lebanon King Solomon taught about creeping things, animals, hyssop that grew from the from the wall. Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. And if we interpret literally, oh, he's literally washing my feet. But how come Jesus said, hey, which what I am doing now, you do not yet understand. So there's a deeper meaning to it. You see, that, that's, that's the ways of God. It's for knuckleheads who don't have a heart. And that's actually a proverb. Who don't have a heart for wisdom, they won't find it. Wisdom is not at the surface. The Bible says that wisdom is, and we're talking about Proverbs in the beginning, right? Wisdom is greater than gold, than silver, than rubies, than pearls, than all these precious stones. Question to you, where are these precious stones found in the earth? How deep are the precious stones found? Are they at the surface of the earth or are they inside deep do you have to chisel? Do you have to find? Do you have to persist? Do you have to want to find this gold? Gold is not found on the sideways of the road. Gold is not found on the surface of the earth. Gold is found deep. In the same exact manner that Jesus and the entirety Ezekiel, the entirety the entirety of the Bible is in symbols, types, typologies, Do you realize that the Hebrew language, one letter, is not only a letter, it is a number. And not only a number, but it is a picture. Who created the Hebrew language? So, wisdom, my friend, is deep. But I'm here to congratulate you and I'm here to encourage you. Wisdom, the Bible says, cries out in the streets. Wisdom is available. In fact, James in the New Testament says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him, what, fast for wisdom? No. If any lack wisdom, what does it say? Let him simply ask of God. And this is the nature of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, who gives to all men, not just enough. But the Bible goes on to tell us, who gives to all men liberally, or generously. Let him, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously. So wisdom is the principal thing. And I guess I'm just going to focus on this and then I'm going to wrap it up and go into the practicals. Because as we start into the new year, I really want to encourage you. And I want to move away from this religious asking. But rather, the Bible says, if anyone does not. The Bible says, if a fool has money for wisdom but has no heart for it what does it benefit him that's a proverb everything the bible says that that a false balance is an abomination to the lord but god weighs the hearts so everything okay. is of the heart in the new testament and if and i want to encourage you with this that if you even have a a a little tiny desire for wisdom, God will not give you a little bit. If you even have a little tiny desire, He will lavish He will lavish you and flood you with an abundance of wisdom. Isn't that amazing? If you have a little desire to be wise, if you have a not intellectualism, but if you even have a little desire to receive wisdom and you ask him, even if it's a little desire, God is pleased and he will bless you with an abundance, lavish, hyper overflowing wisdom. The Bible says when Solomon asked for wisdom, the Bible says it pleased the Lord. And he blessed Solomon with wisdom, riches, honor, and influence Why? Because it pleased the Lord for a king to ask anything And the one thing that he asked for The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing That Hebrew word principal thing means it is the first It is the head It is the top It is the beginning It is the first Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. So, I want to leave you with this appetizer and this, almost this thirst. I want to provoke you. I want to provoke you to ask the Lord for wisdom. Not in a religious way. You know, I got to ask for wisdom every day. No. No. It's never gonna profit you. But rather, if there is a sincerity in your heart, if there is a hunger or thirst, this is the beauty of God that on the outside you and I can be doing the same thing. But if your heart is so full of sincerity and desire and and humility and teach a, teach a, this even a word teachability, that is the major difference between someone who does it out of religious obligation and someone who actually has a thirst for it, because on the outside we can be both reading the Bible, and this is good because we're, we're 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 transitioning into practicalities, and this is number one. We I can be reading the Bible, you can be reading the Bible, and another person can be reading the Bible. We can all be on the same devotional, but. If two out of three are doing it just to check something off, they will profit zero. This is the way the system of revelation in the kingdom of God works. It's all by humility. All who hunger and thirst will be filled. If there is no hunger and thirst, you will not be filled. If you do it out of just, let me just check it off. it's You just go play Mario Kart. Go work out instead. Do something that you actually like. But Anthony, I thought you were teaching me how to study the Bible. Number one, the priority is there needs to be a thirst and a hunger. And if it's not there, that's completely okay. There is therefore now no condemnation at all to them that are in Christ. But if you realize that it's not there, you're in the best position possible, friend. Why, Anthony? Because if you want to, but there's if you want to learn how to read the Bible and you want to start reading the Bible, but there's no fire or desire for it, then all you have to do, this is so simple. Ask the Lord to put that desire. We talked about it, Drea did in, in the New Year's Goals episode. Ask the Lord to put that desire in you. Lord, I want to read your word. But honestly, there's no desire in me to read your word. You know it. I'm just being real with you. You already know it. I'm just actually coming. How can two walk together unless they agree? So I'm agreeing with you. There is no desire to read your read your word. He already knows it. Be honest. You see, Jesus came to bring a relationship, not a religion. So if you want to read the Bible and there's no fire, there's no desire, there's no like thirst in it, then that's awesome. Because you can start from there. You can ask the Lord, help me. Lord, put this desire in me to to put a thirst in me. Put a thirst in me for your word. I know how important it is, but quite honestly, there's nothing in me that wants to read the Bible. And he already knows it. You're just agreeing with him. And when two agree, there is a miraculous, supernatural proceeding coming forth. So when you say, Lord, I want to read your word, but honestly, I have no thirst for it. Can you please help me and fill me with a desire? The Bible says in Philippians, it is God himself who gives you the will. And once he gives you the will, the Bible says it is also he himself who does it through you. Isn't that amazing? He gives you the will. He gives you the desire, number one. And then number two, Philippians chapter two says, not only does he give you the the will, the desire, but then the Bible says he actually completes it through you. All glory to Jesus Christ, literally. Because, like, for instance, the desire to preach didn't come from me. It's God who put this desire in me. Look at the beauty of Jesus. I want you to really look at the beauty of Jesus. The desire for me to preach is a desire from Jesus who placed it in my heart. Then the grace and the gift and the wisdom to preach is a gift from Jesus that puts it in me. And then the power to preach and to articulate is his power doing it in me. Who can boast? That's so that I I feel I feel the love of God right now. That is so beautiful. He gives you the desire. Then he gives you the grace, the gift to do it. And then not only that, but then he empowers you and he does it through you. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is beautiful. No man can boast. This is all about Jesus. So number one, There needs to be a desire of thirst. If it's not there, that's totally okay, friend. Ask the Lord who gives to all liberally. Number two, as I mentioned right now, perfect segue, everything is about Jesus. When you read the Bible, be it in Genesis, be it in Revelation, realize this. I want you to write this down. Every revelation, the word revelation means what? It's to reveal. Every revelation must reveal Christ. Every revelation if it's from God must always be Christ-centered. Every revelation must be Christ-centered. Why? Because the Bible says that he that the devil transforms himself into an angel of light. I heard this today when I was listening to a sermon. And this is this is amazing. Pastor Prince, who I call my spiritual father, he said exactly what I'm saying, that every revelation must always be Christ-centered. Every every revelation, if it's from God, must always exalt Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So there is revelation that the devil gives light, but it will never glorify Christ Jesus. It will always glorify men. I want you to remember that. So every revelation, if it's from God, will always glorify the beauty found in Jesus Christ and his complete finished work. That's number two. Number three. Anthony, you know what? I want to get into the Bible. I don't know where to start. That's amazing. Again, I'm speaking by counsel and guidance and not by commandment. I would encourage you, friend, to begin with the Pauline epistles. And I want to make this complete disclaimer. I'm giving you a lot today, but this is going to help you. The entirety of the Word of God is inspired. It is breathe. The Ruach, the breath of God is in every single scripture. Agreed? But not every single scripture is for you. Because even the devil's words are faithfully recorded in the scriptures. So when we read the Bible, it's important. You you can't just, especially a new convert or a baby Christian. You you can't just begin with Genesis as a baby Christian. And for whatever reason, that's like the, the, the book that every baby christian gravitates to that in revelation you can't just go into you can't just go into genesis you can't just i'm just going to start reading about ezekiel and and the visions that he had that when a baby is born a baby comes out of the hospital or you know you give birth at home baby's born go get the t-bone steak i've been saving for this this baby all right baby you ready give me some a1 sauce honey let's cut this steak up and give it to the baby's mouth you will kill him literally. <laughs> People, we, we we would we would literally call the cops on someone like that and send them off to the loony the loony house, <laughs> right? No, you feed them what you feed them the brothers' bre- the, the brothers the mothers, <laughs> the brothers. <laughs> you would feed the baby infant <laughs> the, the mother's breast milk. And then from the breast milk, I I don't have children yet. We will soon. She's not pregnant. I'm just saying we will soon. <laughs> but for the from the mother's breast milk, and then they go on to formula, and then from formula you start feeding them, uh, salt, apple sauce, and then little you know Gerber baby food, and then from there little rice, little chicken, I, I presume. So it's step by step. You see, the Bible says I love this. This is another foundational key for your entire life number one is that everything must be christ exalted number two is that romans chapter one this is so amazing the bible says that god has given us the natural things in order for us to see the the invisible the way that it phrases it is that we see the invisible realities by that which is visible which is why it's complete blasphemy for you to for a, a theologian, a legalistic theologian to say interpret everything literally. You're literally filling the blank. So again, you, you want to start you can't just start in, in Levitic in Leviticus. You can't just start in Ezekiel. You can't just start I'm just gonna start reading Leviticus. I'm gonna start reading um Zechariah. You can't because honestly, You'll get discouraged, you'll get confused, you'll get discouraged, and the enemy will love to swallow you up and give you some crazy... That's a lot of crazy doctrines start off. A baby Christian is so easy to perceive, I mean to perceive, to deceive, because it's it's children's tricks. So I would begin in the Pauline epistles, like I'm saying. What are the Pauline epistles and why? So like I mentioned, every word of God in the Bible... I'm not telling you like some crazy, uh, some mad religious person told one of our reviews, he said to throw away the Bible. When did I say that? <laughs> I'm telling you that every word in the Bible is inspired. It is the word of God. But there's dispensations. 1500 years of the law. And then when Jesus came on earth, the gospels, when Jesus was on earth, he wasn't even talking about the church. He, ne- he never even mentioned the church. Because the church wasn't yet until he ascended, until he purged the heavenly tabernacle with his own blood found in Psalm 22, 23, 24. And then the revelation was given to who? Paul. About what? The church. So the church realities, the church truths are found in the Pauline epistles Because the ascended Christ appeared To Saul of Tarsus Who became Paul the apostle And he gave him the revelation of the church The church truths You have 1500 years of the law Then when Jesus was on earth In the gospels That isn't even the New Testament yet He was preaching the kingdom of God Which which came for Israel But they rejected the Kingdom of God. So, the Kingdom of God is suspended and and it's now become a spiritual Kingdom, which we inherit. And then, when He ascended, then Was the revelation of the church And the realities of us being seated in Christ All the beautiful in Christ In him In whom By grace By one man Through this man The realities of the finished work of the cross Which is the center The epicenter of the entire universe Literally We even calculate time Before Christ After AD So all these things Is the Center of the universe is the finished work of the cross. And the finished work of the cross is revealed, what's revealed to Paul the Apostle, which is why I encourage you to read the Pauline epistles. Does that make sense? The Bible, I love the scripture. The Bible says you will bring out the old. Why? Because of the new. But if you are not established in the New Testament reality, how can you bring out the old? The Bible says you will bring out the old because of the new. So first be established in the new, and then you can bring out the old. I don't know why I was rapping right now, but does that make sense? So be established in the Pauline epistles. That's my recommendation. And also, especially in the beginning of the year, it'll really help you. Let's say if you read Philippians. Philippians is about four chapters you can get that baby done within 30 minutes. You can read one chapter in like 10-15 minutes. And then you you start to build momentum and whether you realize it or not, it helps you. Because if you let's say if you finish Philippians, which is a very short letter to Paul's partners in the spirit. A very short letter written to the Philippian church, you finish that bad boy off and then all of a sudden you just like you have momentum. All right, I feel good. Now you go to Colossians; it's still very Colossians is still very short, but still very meaty. It explains to you what happened on the cross. It's the twin study partner of Ephesians. So then you then you finish Colossians the next week, without having to like, you know, you, you, there, there, there's something daunting about trying to read 40 chapters. There's something daunting about trying to start. It's like you go to the gym the first the beginning of the year; it's it's packed. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna work out for two hours. It, it, it's it's like you're you're setting yourself yourself up for failure. Instead, why don't you just begin with getting on the treadmill for 10, 15 minutes, and then stretch a little bit, and then and then build the. The Bible literally says, "The kingdom of God is built It's line upon line, brick upon brick. Here a little, there a little, precept upon precept. This is how grace is grace. You know, it's not. I was telling my team this. We went out to. Um, some dinner uh, a couple days ago, I said, hey, the grace, the kingdom of God built in, built on grace, the revelation of Christ, is it takes time. It's patience. In the same exact way that when you go to the gym, again, Romans chapter 1, he has given us the visible to understand the invisible. When you go to the gym, your physical body, the Bible says we have an inner man. We have an invisible body. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. That's what the Bible says. So in the natural, if you try to become Mr. Universe overnight, you would tear your muscles and you will never be able to do it. But instead, it's one day at a time is it's you do one workout here, you do some stretches here, you do a little bit of treadmill here, then you work out your biceps for 10-15 minutes, and then you build your strength. Then you go from uh, 20-pound dumbbells to 30, then from 30 after a couple weeks to 40. It takes time. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. In the same exact way, when you allow yourself to to, because the Bible says that when a vision or something is accomplished in Proverbs, there is joy in your heart. So set yourself up for success by starting off with Philippians is a great one. It's very short. Start off with Philippians. Start off. Start off with First Thessalonians. It's maybe like four or five chapters. Start. Then go to Second Thessalonians, three chapters. Then go to Colossians, five chapters. Then go to Ephesians, six chapters. And then after you have built this, this spiritual strength, so to speak, then go to Romans, which is sixteen chapters. Which Romans is the Magna Carta of Christianity. So does that help you? So And then from there, as you become established, my next point, you, you, you become established in righteousness by faith. These two pillars, and this is great because for the beginning of the month, I told Ethan, I said, I said, hey, bro, uh, I want to start teaching the two pillars of our church, which is righteousness by faith and grace for the next five weeks. For the beginning of the year So I said I I said uh, I said help me out And uh, Throw some teachings in there Because he has some good stuff To say about it So As you begin to feed on The Pauline epistles Then what's going to happen Is that you'll become Established in righteousness By faith And by grace And these two pillars Listen to this Listen I want you to listen And listen very hard Who says that? Listen hard I, I feel like I picked it up From someone Listen and listen very hard But seriously, Romans, I will look it up, but I'm just in the floor right now. Romans says that it is through the abundance of grace, one, and the gift of righteousness, two, that we will reign in this life naturally through Jesus Christ. So it is through it is through these two pillars. Maybe you can look it up. It is through these two pillars, through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, that you will reign in this life through Jesus Christ. So it's not just a little bit of grace. It's not just I heard grace, you know, once a quarter, once a month. It's an abundance of grace. If you want to just listen to grace once a month then you will reign in that same exact manner because the bible the scriptures cannot be broken the word of god is infallible so much so that even when the dead sea scrolls were found they this was over 2000 years ago the the dead sea scrolls they looked at it and this was recently they looked at it and the Isaiah of chapter 53 that you have was literally the same exact verbatim that was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was written over 2000 years ago. The word of God is infallible. So when the word of God says that it is through these two pillars, through the abundance of grace, not a little trickle of grace, not I hear it every now and then, it is through an abundance, You want an abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness When you receive these two things When you receive an abundance of grace And when you receive the gift of righteousness The result is that you will reign in this life Through Jesus Christ Romans 5.17 For if by one man's offense Death reign by one Much more they which receive Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in this life through Jesus Christ. So these two pillars. So as you begin to feed on the Pauline epistles, the Pauline epistles are the letters written by the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit of God in him, to the churches. So when you, became, when you become established in the Pauline epistles, you will be established in the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. These are the two pillars. And what a wonderful way to start because we at truth for the next four or five weeks we're going to be preaching an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness to start off the year. So you can tag along with us and learn and be established in these two pillars. Sound good? And I want to give you I want to give you two types found in the Bible. That will support this Number one in the book of Acts In the book of Acts Paul was teaching In the third floor In this upper room In the third floor Question Where are the believers Seated right now? Well I'm I'm actually I'm actually in Soho Which I love Soho in New York I want to go there Really really soon I'm actually seated right now in my studio in Soho, New York. Okay, cool. I'm actually in my mansion in in Polanco. I'm actually in South Dakota right now, Anthony, just about to tend to these cows. No, no, I'm asking you, where is the believer seated? The Bible says in Ephesians, we are seated in heavenly places. In Christ, far above every power and principality. There are three heavens. There's the first dimension i guess you can call it which is the natural realm here on earth then there's the second heaven where the powers and principalities be and then there's third heaven where god is enthroned where jesus christ the son of god where we are seated right now far above every power and principality so in the book of acts this wonderful story which is all a type the book of acts is both historical and many types are found in the book of Acts. So in this story, there was a young believer, the Bible says a young man named Eutychus which the word you means good. Tychus means good fortune means fortune. So good blessing, good fortune. This young man n- named Eutychus which means good blessing, good fortune, was fallen asleep at the teaching of who? Of Paul. He was seated on the fence. He was seated at the edge of the window. And the Bible says that he fell asleep to Paul's teaching and fell off of the third floor. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what I'm saying. He was listening to the teaching of Paul, but he, was, he wasn't in the center of the room. He wasn't uh, hungry and thirsty for the revelation of the church. He wasn't hungry and thirsty for, for the revelation of Christ. He was sitting at the window, kind of on the fence. Very distant. And then he fell asleep at the teaching, at the Pauline epistles, at the teaching of Paul. And he fell from his position of blessing. That is a type of a Christian falling asleep, falling away from the Pauline epistles, from the teachings, the revelation of the gospel of grace, the revelation of Christ, given to the apostle paul when we as christians fall away from it when we don't become absorbed in the pauline epistles this young man is a type of the church eutychus who the bible says they were in the third floor christians are seated at the third heaven and he was at the edge Kind of in, kind of out, kind of law, kind of grace, kind of here, kind of not there, kind of distant, kind of sketchy, kind of I'm in, but I'm not in. He fell asleep at the Pauline epistles. He fell from his position of blessing. And the Bible says that Paul had to, he embraced him and he brought him back to life. What brings a dead Christian back to life? People love to use this term. I don't really like to use it, but what brings a lukewarm Christian back to life? More law no in in um, embrace Paul embraced the young man who fell from his position of blessing. Number two type in the book of Acts was this ship, which is a type of the church, threat, uh treading through waters. Whenever the Bible talks about waters, it's talking about the Gentile nation. It's talking about the restless waters, the restless Gentiles, that the nations who are restless restless without God. And the type in this found in the book of Acts, this ship is a type of the church uh, treading through the waters, treading through the world. The Bible says that when the Israelites, when the children of Israel, when the Jews, when Jesus was teaching, rejected him, the Bible says that he left from the house, a type of Israel, and he went by the seashore he went by the lake a type of the gentiles so the ship is a type of the church the waters is a type of us treading through the waters going through this world building the kingdom of god but the bible says they did not listen to paul paul even said hey you didn't listen to me and because of that the result is this ship is going down why because they didn't listen to me, Paul said. Because you didn't listen to me. You didn't listen to my revelation. You weren't established in righteousness by faith. You weren't established in the revelation of who Christ is. You weren't established in the finished work of the cross. Because you did not listen to me, Paul, by the Spirit, said, this ship, which is a type of the church, is going down, baby. But it's okay. None of you will lose your life. So those are two types that I wanted to give to you. To show you the gravity of hearkening to the Pauline epistles. Does that make sense? Now, Judah had some questions. I think one of your questions was... Let's get into some some fun stuff. What about translations, right? What about translations? So, my suggestion... Again, these are all not commandments, but guidance or, or counsel. My suggestion is first be established in the kjv in the king james version now my wife said she said what if people are intimidated by it or don't know how to read it that's great a lot of people feel that way but i wanted you know who asked me who actually told me that was declan my son in the faith and you know what i told them i said i said hey you have the mind of christ because in reality there's the king james version i'll tell you why i like it but the king james version it's not hard to read there's the thou's and the ye it's not hard to read honestly it's just a mindset it's it's a a an intimidation by the enemy for you not to read it it's your flesh trying to like just get your way out of it but the kjv is not hard to read it you are born again you are a new creation you have the mind of christ I would highly suggest for you to be rooted in the KJV, and I'll tell you why, first, and then cross-study whatever translation you want. I, I like to read a bunch of translations when I'm studying. I read the the Passion Translation when I'm studying. I read the Amplify when I'm studying. I read the uh, Common English Version, the NIV, the NLT. I, I study, I, 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 if I if the Lord highlights a specific scripture, I'll go and I'll cross-study Through many different translations But I'm first and foremost rooted in the KJV Why? Because we have to understand this And I'm giving you a lot of like scholastic meat today But this is helpful to begin the year The Old Testament was written in Hebrew 39 books And the New Testament, 27 books Was written in Greek The Greek is inspired So what we hold in our hands, the English It all depends on who wrote it, because it's not necessarily a a direct, uh, it's not directly written from the direct source, so to speak, but it's a translation from the Greek, if you get what I'm saying. It's a translation from the Greek, but depending on what denomination, depending on that man's perception, denomination his beliefs. Maybe he didn't believe in the gifts of tongues. Maybe he didn't believe in you're saved, once saved, always saved, which is the absolute truth. So the Greek is inspired, but the English is translated. Does that make sense? The Greek is inspired, but the English is translated. And for example... The, and I'm, giving, I'm going to give you a lot of examples. And I, I just said how I use the NIV, how I use the passion, how I use the, the NASAB. I use a bunch of translations to cross study. Let me give you this one example The NIV has this And this is common Because a lot of people I mean uh, Walmack brought it up Andrew Walmart brought it up Pastor Prince brought it up So I'm bringing it up To show you my point The NIV I believe I don't know who the fa- Who translated it But I believe it's like That there's I don't know if it's like Methodist or whatever But the NIV says That we still have A sinful, na- sinful nature The Bible says "Well, So, so we have to understand That We don't have a sinful nature anymore. There's very deep truths that I don't want to get into right now, but we don't have a sinful nature. We we have the flesh, but we are not in the flesh. We are in the spirit. And an even deeper truth is, you ready? That the flesh is actually dead and gone as well. But the electrical impulses that we feel, they're just that. Their mirages, their electrical impulses that we feel, but the flesh is actually dead and gone. Consider yourself dead indeed to sin. The Bible says, "For you have died to sin." Wow! Crucify the. There's a great man of God. I love him. Bless his heart. I I, I I really do. I like him a lot. He's on his way out of ministry. Bless his soul. And every time it really irritates me is when I go on YouTube. And then he's like saying, "Well, crucify you need how to crucify your flesh." There's another teaching that he has, how to pay for the anointing. These are all not good teachings. Okay, <laughs> they're not good. I'm trying to be very nice and gracious here, but all these little things you have to understand. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Why am I being so picky about it? Because the Bible says you cannot put new wine into old wine skin. You cannot you cannot mix law and grace. You can't. So what you hear will be a product of the manifestation in your life. What you hear has the power to deliver you, to liberate you. Or what you hear has the power to put you in bondage and deceive you. This is why I'm such a stickler for it. Because Paul was a stickler. Paul was such a stickler that he told his son in the faith in First Timothy, make sure that you preach sound doctrine. And if the Bible even says this is what Paul, the apostle of grace, said. If anyone does not teach the words, the wholesome words that I am teaching, this is in First Timothy. Look it up. If anyone is not teaching the wholesome words that I am teaching, he knows nothing. He is foolish and does not know what he is talking about. <laughs> That's what Paul the Apostle of Grace said. Did you? Can you maybe look it up for me? That's a, that's an awesome. He said, "If anyone does not hearken, or doesn't abide to these wholesome words and wholesome teachings, he knows nothing. He is ignorant, and he goes on deceiving people. Something like that. Dre is gonna help me. out am to look for it right now. Second, it's, like in, it's in uh it's in 1 Timothy or Second Timothy. But either way, so my point is that what you listen to, what you read has the power to liberate you or has the power to enslave you. The Bible says in Second Timothy that it talks about doctrines of devils which tells us that the way that the demons listen, the way that the demons will put you into bondage is through doctrine. Do you see that? In the last days, many will fall away from the faith. And go. so I've, I've taught about that before. But my point is that the Bible says, talk, talks about the doctrines of demons. The way that demons enslave you is through doctrines. In fact, the Bible says in believe it's in, in Galatians that the devil and his cohorts disguise themselves as angels of light as preachers as ministers of righteousness according to works Isn't that isn't that crazy many people would think that the devil the devil and his demons are in Hollywood but the bible says that the devil and his cohorts disguise themselves as preachers of works righteousness I'm going to repeat that one more time because I don't want it, I, don't, I don't want you to miss it many people Think that the devils and the demons are in Hollywood, which is my hometown, the land that I'm called to, so I defend it with a righteous anger. Many people believe that the devils and demons are in Hollywood, which they're not. The Bible says that the devil and his cohorts disguise themselves as preachers of righteousness According to works The devil You have to understand The devil knows The devil knows about man For over 6,000 years I said this before And I'm going to move on Because I don't like talking about it But this is good for us To not be ignorant of it The devil knows about man For over 6,000 years He's crafty He's subtle He's he, he, he We think that Oh you know This person is in Hollywood He's a straight given to the devil And sure There there are some bad apples I'm, 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 I'll agree with that But the the devil is so crafty that, but you have to understand that we have the Holy Spirit of the living God. You know that the devil is a created being, and he that God didn't create the devil, he created Lucifer, an angel, an archangel, many Bible teachers tell us, and which he corrupted himself and now he's a fallen angel. But he who created Every power and principality lives in you. The wisdom of God will take you, will deliver you from every little every little cunning device of the enemy. The Holy Spirit of God, which is inside of you, is the ultimate wisdom. And when you tap into that, when you allow the word of God to, to, to shed light into your heart... You will not be deceived. So I'm unveiling this to you. The Bible says that the enemy and his cohorts disguise himself and them as preachers of works righteousness. That's what the Bible says. Is the Bible true? Yes, Anthony. Then that's the truth. Moving on. (laughs) <laughs> so anyways, so yes, so be established in grace and righteousness and I'm gonna wrap this up. Um everything that you read, you have to you have to be able to rightly divide the word of God. Like I mentioned, there is there was fifteen hundred years of the law. Then the gospels, a lot of people don't understand this, but even the Beatitudes, the Sermon of the Mount, we we there's again, what did I say at the beginning? The, the entirety, every word from the, <laughs> everything in the Word of God is the Word of God. Do I make myself clear? Every word in the Word of God is inspired. It is the Ruach, the breath of God. Do I make myself clear? But not every word is for you. When you read the Word of God, you have to understand the dispensation, the age, you have to understand the audience. Who 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 is who is being addressed here? Are the Jews or the Gentiles? Who is the, is who who is it? Who's being addressed? The age of dispensation. So there's fifteen hundred years of the law. Then the Gospels. Jesus was born. The Bible says in Galatians he was born of a woman, born under the law. He fulfilled the law. And then nailed it to his cross. But when he was on earth, he was preaching the kingdom of God, which was given to Israel, but they rejected him. So do we realize that even the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, which a lot of churches love to preach, is actually Jesus Christ preaching the law to his highest exaltation? Because the religious devils, the religious teachers of their time, just like today they brought the law down and they watered it down it's like you have this concentrate drink and you just like cheap cologne you have 10% alcohol and the rest is just water and like just flowery stuff that's what that's what religious people do so what jesus was preaching in the sermon of in the sermon of the mount the beatitudes he was preaching the law and he brought the law up to its highest form right where it should be Because the religious people were saying, well, as long as you don't sleep with a woman, you're know you not an adulterer. But Jesus says, you're missing the whole point. If you even lust after a woman, you have committed adultery. The Pharisee says, well, you know what? As long as I don't beat someone up, I'm not a violent man. I'm not a murderer like this criminal. But Jesus said, you're missing the whole point. If you even hate your brother, you are now a murderer. You're missing the whole point. So that's what that's what this, the the beatitudes was about. Forgive and you will be forgiven. That's under the law. The new Re- the new testament given to the church. Actually, the reality that is for us now. We're not we're not under forgive so you can be forgiven. We are now under Colossians says forgive because you have been forgiven. Do you see how that can be confusing? A new Christian can be reading gospel the gospels. And then they says "Well, forgive or you won't be forgiven oh my gosh I, I i need to forgive everyone and then you will go insane and then you will think you lost your salvation when the reality is jesus was preaching the law brought it to its full extent but he didn't stop there a type a type was that jesus was on the mountain a type of god being in heaven preaching the law Bringing it to its full extent. But then he didn't stop there. Man cannot keep the law. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The strength of sin is the law. The law works death. So Jesus came down from the mountain. Came down from heaven. And we see a leper. Which is a type. Leprosy is always a type of sin. We see a leper approaching him. Master. If you. If you. Can, if you will, can you please heal me? And Jesus embraced him and he said, I will, be thou clean. So Jesus came down from them after he preached the, ex- the fullest extent of the law. To, for, to, make man fe- to make man realize the law is given so that we would understand our brokenness. And we would cry out for a savior. Why would you get saved if you think you're not broken? So, but he didn't stop there. He came down from the mountain, heaven, and a leper, a sin, a type of, of sin approached him and he cleansed him. Be the, I will, be thou clean. Do you see that? So we have to rightly divide the word of God So even the Gospels The Gospels is is not the, the New Testament The revelation given to the church The Pauline Epistles is I will tell you this though And this is for my senior class listening John 15, 16, and 17 John 15 is amazing The Last Supper I said this in a previous Again, this is for my senior class The Last Supper is a type of the crucifixion This is my flesh This is my blood He told his disciples they were in the upper room. So the Last Supper is a type of the crucifixion, and the Bible says, "And Jesus arose from supper; Jesus resurrected from death." In other words, so and then we see the high priest prayer found in John seventeen, where Jesus. I remember. I remember reading this. I remember reading this. Maybe I was a year in and i had like a group of people following me and i said do you, i said let me read this to you and i was so, i was so excited like a kid in a candy store and i said and I, and i read this it's in it's found in john chapter 17 jesus said the glory he was praying to his father he said the glory that you have given me i have now given to them and i was like do you guys see this and they're like what are you talking about bro but john chapter 17 is the high priest prayer found for the church so John 15, 16, and seventeen, those are greatest study for the church. So let's close up. What other questions do we have?
1: Uh, that's pretty much it. And then I just wrote down: don't compare to obscure
0: passages. Yeah. So, so oh yeah. So so, so that's good. So everything that you must interpret, she's talking about obscure passages. You always must interpret again. You need to understand who the audience is, the dispensation was he speaking to like in hebrews it was written to the hebrews okay the hebrews it was written to the hebrews so hebrews and i don't want to get into it because we're wrapping up but this is why platforms like this and i'm making an announcement even now that we're going to be doing video broadcasting by the end of quarter one which means the end of march okay so, but this is why podcasts like these teachings, video broad, broadcasting, things like that. These help us because you have to understand that these uh, these fivefold ministers, which therein is there is an abundance of wonderful and gracious teachers in the body of Christ. We are here to help you and to unfold the Word of God for you. So, it's important to learn when you. I love what Pastor Prince said. He, he said, "When you sense the anointing on a person to teach, listen. And when you see the fruit of their life, listen. When you when you hear about people getting touched and transform lives through that ministry, listen. Don't be uh, prideful, but humble yourself and realize that these are gifts given to the church. So listening to uh, teachers of grace, teachers of you know Christ centered, the finished work of Jesus Christ. Those these are these are pivotal to your growth, but." To obscure passages, always understand everything must be interpreted through the lens of grace. Absolutely everything must be interpreted through the finished work of the cross. Always, always, always. So, and then the last thing that I have for you guys. So again, I, I hope this is this is practical, especially heading into the new year. This is more of a teaching aspect of it. But I, I really want you guys... To stick with us Because I'm just going to take the liberty right now To kind of make a couple announcements So number one We're going to be doing video uh, broadcasting By the end of quarter one Which is March So we're going to be getting into Like a full, a full studio um, A full studio broadcasting It's going to be nice A minimalistic look Just like the way that I like it Everything must be pristine And clean And modern And just amazing so we're gonna be doing video product video broadcasting by the end of quarter one. We're also launching our very own truth coffee. Truth coffee is something that we as a team have been we've been brewing about, literally brewing, we've been brewing about and more announcements to come about that. But I'm just if you stuck around through this teaching, honestly, you're like a loyal truth family. Follower, if you're listening right now, that's why I'm giving. You, I'm, I'm sorry, you're getting all the uh, like the the secret, not the secret. So what's a good word? Like you're getting all the first hand announcements, first dibs on all these wonderful announcements. Because I, I'm gonna make official announcements through newsletters and whatnot. But I'm just uh, taking the liberty because if you're if you stuck through an hour of just me teaching about how to interpret the Bible and how to read the Bible, then you know you're a real one. And number three, uh, my wife and Stephanie, they both worked on this Bible dashboard, which I'm going to pass the link to my wife so she can explain it just very, very in a short time as far as what it is, where you can find it and all that good stuff.
1: Hey, guys. So very quick, Anthony mentioned um, that Bible reading can be intimidating, so, I very much felt that way. Um, and Stephanie very much felt that way. So, um, what we went ahead and did was create a very simple tracker, planner, easy to use, easy to follow. You'll get reminders. You'll get basically the whole Bible summarized in 52 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're interested... Um, You know it's in my store but if you reach out to me i will definitely definitely send it over to you for free um any questions to it um feel free to you know just uh just dm me directly or to the ministry and we can get that um to you
0: that's awesome and i'm also taking the liberty to make this bigger announcement Because honestly, I feel like, like I said, if you listen to um, this episode all the way through, you're a real truth family member. This announcement is, this specific announcement is probably one of my biggest, my biggest desire is by the end, by the beginning of quarter three, towards the end of quarter, maybe beginning to mid quarter three. So, which is like what, September, something around that time. We're going to be launching our first church service. So we're going to be planting our flag, our flagship store, not store, our flagship church location. The very first one of many is going to be in Hollywood. And we have a couple of venues, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into that. But we have a couple of venues we're working with. And the very first church service is going to be in the beginning towards the middle of quarter three planted in Hollywood, and um, it's going to be an amazing, amazing church, I'm super excited, I knew this was in in the making, um, but I'm just led by the Spirit, and I'm just obedient to the timing. there is a time and season for everything, realize that, so I just wanted to make that sneak peek preview announcement, so if you feel, I know a lot of people reach out to me, and and, uh, if you some, some said they were going to move. If you feel led to move to L.A., by all means do so. Maybe you're coming out of high school and you're like trying to find your purpose in life. Get planted with a strong community of, of, of believers who believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ and his wonderful grace, who are uh, driven by love and mercy and grace to build the kingdom of God in the west coast so whether you have a family whether you're coming out of high school whether you're just finishing bible school cemetery or seminary maybe you dropped out of seminary uh whatever it is maybe you're just done i there was i was talking to ethan there was someone that was like doing corporate and he was like i don't know why but i just feel like doing what you guys are doing now and i want to help you guys whatever it is i really want to encourage you i'm not just saying it because there's something cool about dre or me i'm telling you because this is a mandate from the lord jesus christ this is not something that i like dropped out of hollywood i, I didn't make it in hollywood guys so now i want to be really cool in the church culture no absolutely not this is a mandate a mandate from heaven and when the mandate is from heaven there is nothing that is ever going to stop it where is that in the bible anthony the book of acts when the pharisees questioned the disciples for preaching and they were like what should we do with these men one of the Pharisees spoke up spoke up and he said brethren hearken unto me if this is of if this, listen to this if this is of men it will die out there's 15 minutes of fame but it dies out but if this is from god he said you will find yourself fighting and being resisted by god himself mm-hmm. it's in the book of acts so i speak this and Jesus Christ is my Lord and my witness that this mandate is from him and him alone, and it will come to pass. So with that being said, if you feel led to help us and join us, by all means do so. But I just wanted to take that liberty to kind of give you guys some fun sneak peek to kind of lighten up the I feel like we went to, like, Bible school. Like, this like a, a class or something, right? <laughs> like, we were, like, in a class. I'm not a professor. But, uh, I, but it was much needed. These are good foundation stones for you to grow in the Lord, how to study the Bible, how to interpret things. And there's many, many other nuggets that as you listen to me, to many other people that I bring on board, uh, we will help you. So stay plugged in. I love you guys so much. Happy New Year. It's going to be an amazing year. And I'll see you guys on the next one.
1: Hey, guys, we want to thank you for tuning in. We pray that this quickened your heart. If you'd like to give a one-time or become a monthly partner, visit our website and hit that Give Now button up at the top. We thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything God has already given you by grace through faith.